And I think like the notion of listening too is like so huge to that conversation. And yeah, we all have priorities and things that ultimately are going to drive our individual businesses, but bringing those different perspectives and listening to each other, I think could be like hugely valuable. Welcome back to another episode of Blood, Sweat and CPMs. I'm your host, Kurt Donnell. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Neela Brown, Senior Vice President, Strategy and Insight at Teeds, where she oversees the intelligence, research, and media strategy teams. Neela brings nearly 20 years of industry experience, with more than 12 years focused on identifying business driving and strategic insights through research, analytics, measurement, and data. She spent the bulk of her career on the agency side, with time at Havas Media and Digitas, building teams that deliver data-driven insights to inform media strategy and deliver effective outcomes for clients. She lives outside Boston with her husband and three children. We've got a great show for you today, so let's dive right in. Awesome. Neela, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. So let's start with your background. You've got an interesting one that we'll dive into a little bit. I've seen a couple different uh, parts of this industry, but tell us how you ended up on the ad tech side. How'd you get here? Sure thing. Um, so I started in agencies and spent quite a long time in agencies. Started in a really small agency in Chicago right out of college, um, honestly, a little unexpectedly. Um, ended up really liking media, um, so decided to pursue it as a career. Um, moved back to Boston, spent some time at Digitas, getting really in the weeds in terms of digital media um, on the analytics and strategy side. Went over to Havas Media, where I kind of grew my portfolio of responsibilities. Yes, still focused on market research, analytics, measurement, but then also taking on client responsibilities and ultimately moving into a global strategy team um, that was working on, you know, how it is that we would go to market and the role of measurement specifically for me within that. But in terms of the transition to ad tech, you know, I had spent so much time on the agency side. And honestly, I was just really curious about mm -hmm. how it worked, you know, in terms of the kinds of partners we were talking to, in terms of the kinds of things we were being pitched and really getting underneath that. Um, so that was kind of the first thing that piqued my interest. And then I think the other bit was for me, from a career perspective, it was really critical to understand the entirety of the ecosystem and how both sides work together to kind of figure out, you know, where it is that I'm going to go next and have that that full experience of, of the ecosystem um, in its entirety. I love that. And dive a little deeper there before we, we get into some of the other things. What are some lessons or things that you're grateful that you know now being on the ad tech side from the agency side and vice versa? I guess, what are the learnings you have? And is it sympathy on both sides or empathy or what What do we have on both sides here? Because it occasionally, unfortunately, feels like we're battling on the demand and the ad tech or supply side a little bit. What, what can you bring to folks and, and teach us on that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, empathy is a huge theme. I think understanding <laughs> what people on the other side of the coin are experiencing, dealing with, managing on a daily basis um, just brings um, you know, a certain level of empathy to kind of the new role on the other side. And that's certainly something I would bring back if I ever to go back to agencies. But coming into ad tech, I think that one thing that's been really helpful is understanding how agencies operate, you know, whether that is their business models and the economy economics of an agency, 
or even how it is that they're managing clients on a day-to-day basis, the kinds of requests they're getting, the volume of requests, the timelines for those requests, and what that means in terms of how it is they're engaging with their partners on the ad tech and publishing side. Um, sure. I think that that's certainly a big one. I think the other thing too is what's important to them. Um, you know, how to best communicate with agencies, how to forge a relationship with your agency side partners um, and understanding, again, kind of, you know, what they're tasked with, how their business operates and how they manage clients is really critical to that. And then the flip side of that, I guess, if you were going to go back to an agency, what would you would share with your friends at the agency about being on the ad tech side? Um, I think... Honestly, like from a technology perspective, just having a better understanding of how things work, how products are developed in particular, I think has been huge. That's been such a learning experience for me. Going through that process, understanding how priorities are defined, how decisions are made, how the ecosystem and the marketplace is evaluated to make some of those choices, but then also how I could help push ad tech and publishing partners to help achieve agency goals, kind of knowing how things work on this side, I think would be incredibly valuable um, and maybe, you know, better enable how it is we achieve goals together. I think that's a really good point. We are pretty bifurcated at times on the supply and the demand side. And I think it's just the nature of the layers of ad tech. We just don't cross paths. Obviously, the Freestar side, we're very much on the supply side, but build all sorts of tools, work with partners like Teeds and others to put these things together. But very rarely are we talking truly to the client or even the agency about, no, we could probably do X, Y, Z if we did this. And I feel like get us all in a room a little more and it might, it might work out better. I, I completely agree. And I think like the notion of listening too mm-hmm. is like so huge to that conversation. And yeah, we all have priorities and things that ultimately are going to drive our individual businesses. But bringing those different perspectives and listening to each other, I think could be like hugely valuable. Yeah. Maybe I need you to call some of your friends. I'll call my friends and we can all <laughs> sit down and be friends. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> there we go. Well, you've been at Teeds now for almost two years, I guess. Yeah. Maybe share just quickly with the audience what Teeds is doing now. It's had an interesting history over the years. Maybe just share a little bit about evolution of the company and some of your focus areas right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, Teeds has evolved into an omni-channel full funnel platform um, and we enable programmatic digital advertising across a global ecosystem of quality digital media that's really enabled by direct relationships with quality publishers and content providers. Um, I think the other thing to know about Teeds is that we are an end-to-end solution. So our platform does allow partners to leverage buy side, sell side, creative data, and AI-powered optimization technologies. So I think we've become really comprehensive in terms of how it is we are able to support clients. Um, And with some really unique differentiators, like, for example, I referenced the relationship with publishers where we have direct code on page, which gives us insight into, you know, they say Facebook knows what you like, Amazon knows what you buy, we know what you read as a result of that. So we have some really interesting audience insights. we're deeply committed to responsible advertising. So attention is a conversation we've been pretty engaged in over the course of the last few years as we really are focused on the value of media quality um, and how it is we can power all of that by taking advantage of AI power technology. I know on the sort of audience side of things, attention measurement, that's where you spend a lot of your time there. I know you guys have done a lot of research there. Any interesting insights you can sort of share on 
I know there's a big focus on media quality you've mentioned, but yeah. curious some of the insights you guys have been able to glean on the attention side of things specifically. And then as you've gone more omni-channel, how does that cross over in the different mediums? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so we started our journey in attention actually almost six years ago. And to your point, it was really about research, which I think, you know, at that point, that's how everybody was engaging. Um, but I think in the last two years in particular, we've had a really transformative journey where it was focused on how it is we could take the learnings that we had by participating in things like Dentsu's attention economy study um, and seeing what they translated to in market. So um, in 2022, we launched our TEEDS attention program, which was really focused on offering clients the ability to take advantage of our relationships with attention measurement partners um, as an added value to gain some data on their own, incorporate into their own learning agendas, test and learn strategies. Um, but we were really focused on that in-market piece and validating that what we saw in research came to life in market. Um, and we did that in a couple of ways, but one of the big things that we had to focus on was validating what I think many of us have seen or heard in the research is the promise of attention, which is better correlation to outcomes. So we had a huge focus on how it is we could work with clients to do a lot of work on understanding the different attention partners, understanding the correlation to outcomes and not just outcomes in the upper funnel, um, which is where a lot of the attention conversation was originally focused, but also understanding outcomes that are more behavioral. So we've worked with foot traffic partners and more recently, even in the performance space. Um, I can say that consistently over the large volume of campaigns that we've done this on, we have seen um, that when you isolate higher attention media, it does have a stronger relationship and a higher lift for those outcomes, which I think is great. I think that that is you know, the promise that, that we all wanted to see. But I think in particular, as we head into an ecosystem that has less signal attached yeah. to it, and attention is a cookie-less form of measurement, um, it's really important for us to understand, you know, what it is we can leverage from an from a optimization standpoint, from a measurement standpoint in that kind of new world. And so to have these these findings, have these validation points, I think has been, you know, critical to our journey in terms of how we're thinking about future states of measurement as well. Um, and so it has been interesting. Like I said, we're not just doing it in upper funnel; we're doing it all the way down to performance as well. And we are seeing that high quality media has a higher, a stronger relationship with outcomes, regardless of where you sit in the funnel. Interesting. To be specific, any, are there any formats or things you, I mean, obviously you mentioned higher attention things perform better, but just anything actionable, yeah. where, where are you seeing that conversion from just more brand advertising down to performance? Yeah. So, um, you know, it is interesting. And as an omni-channel platform, I think one thing that's been great for us is we are able to understand performance across different um, channels yep. as well. So, you know, obviously we, we have been able to measure CTV and understand attention of CTV relative to, um, you know, digital channels, online video versus display. Um, I think that some of the learnings are probably relatively intuitive. CTV, you know, in terms of pure attention has a high number. Um, when you think about the experience of the TV glass, I think that's intuitive. Online video is going to have a higher number or, or a higher you know, attention rate than, than something like display. But I think the thing that's interesting about this as we kind of craft the path forward and think about the use case for all of this measurement, because I like to say measurement is only as good as what we can do with it. Like it's great sure. to measure, but if you're not making decisions off of it or leveraging that data to inform something, then, you know, we, we just spent a bunch of money on measurement um, with, with no outcome, no action attached to it. 
Um, and I think that one thing we're starting to think about is, especially as an omni-channel platform is, okay, so we now know that attention matters. Quality media has a strong relationship to better outcomes, but what does that mean to a media mix? Um, you know, laws of supply and demand, if we're all going after the most highly attentive media, there's only so much of it in the ecosystem. So how do we balance attention with things like efficiency and CPMs and mm -hmm. scale and identify the right amount of attention and think about that across an omni-channel plan in terms of how it is things like CTV, OLV, and display come together to hit those kinds of attention goals, targets. That is interesting. I, I really put on my advertiser hat, I guess, but that idea, I mean, there's what the psychology that you have to hear something seven times, yep. people need to hear, read it seven mm -hmm. times. And how do you get that mix right of probably starting at the branding side and then pushing it down the funnel to the performance side. You mentioned foot traffic. Interesting. How are you combining that data in effectively and efficiently? It seems like a very tough gap to bridge, I suppose. Yeah. So, I mean, we're really lucky. We have really great relationships with our measurement partners. Um, and, you know, in this space, I think one of the other things that's been a key focus for us is determining how we operationalize this in an effective and efficient way. Um, yeah. That was certainly, in addition to, you know, is this the right metric? Does it deliver on the promise? Can we operationalize this and actually use this in market in a functional way? And part of that is how do we connect the dots? Um, yeah. And so we're bringing partners together to have these conversations. Um, and again, we're lucky to have partners who are, I think, really interested and flexible and want to support us in that and are yeah. willing to you know, have the conversations about how we combine the data and how we actually find the identifiers where we can start to do these correlations to, again, isolate the impact of high attention media versus lower attention media. Um, and I said, like, like I said, we're also doing it in the performance space, which I think maybe yeah. is a little newer. Um, again, I think a lot of the work has been more focused um, historically in kind of the upper funnel brand metric survey based media space, um, survey based measurement space. Um, but we're leveraging pixel data as well to understand everything from the relationship of high attention media to site visits through to more conversion based events as well. And again, we're consistently seeing that high attention media, media that is of a higher quality is having a stronger relationship with those conversion measures too. Have there been any major surprises there where you went in with a thesis of something and once you actually got into it and saw the data, you're like, wow, I really did not anticipate that. That's a really good question. Um, Putting you on the spot here a little bit. I did not prep <laughs> you on this one. I was um, just curious as I was thinking about this, I was like, is it fairly intuitive? Because you would anticipate higher attention media to perform a little bit better. But just curious if there's anything that popped out, like I would not have seen that one coming that, you know, XYZ happened because of ABC. You know, I think it's less XYZ happened because of ABC and it's more the performance thing and the lean in from some of our clients in the performance space has been the most surprising piece to me on this. We leaned into that because clients were interested. Um, you know, I think when you think about performance measurement, historically, it's been attribution based. And um, when you're thinking about attribution and, and kind of, you know, how those systems are so embedded into agency, client, advertiser, measurement capabilities, is there a role for attention there? Um, and I think even a year ago, we were having conversations with clients where they weren't seeing that. They were saying, this is really something for the upper funnel, maybe in the mid funnel or for something like foot traffic as something that can be used more as a campaign optimization metric when we have these kind of big lags in terms of the outcome yeah. measure. 
But so to see the lean in from the performance space has been really interesting and it's really picked up speed for us um, in the back half of the year. My, my working hypothesis we'll see is that, you know, with the potential looming deprecation of the cookie and how it is that we're going to have signal loss, um, there is increased interest from agencies and advertisers in terms of cookie-less measurement systems and how it is we can test and learn before, um, you know, that, that button is, is pushed on the cookie. Um, but that's been the most interesting to me. And I think that in addition to that, how we really did see the role of media quality there, um, I think we saw something like a 16% lift for high attention media versus medium and low attention media for conversion metrics. Um, and that was a little surprising to me, this, like the size of that number, um, in the performance space. Yeah. Was it something that you guys have leaned more into as a result of becoming more omni-channel and getting in the CTV game? Is it something that just sort of shifted your focus? You're like, we don't have the same signals that we had before. And I don't know, was it a perspective shift? Um, I think, yes. I think the other thing too, is when we think about omni-channel media and measurement, um, it's historically been pretty fragmented in terms yeah. of what the KPIs are by channel. I mean, when you think about digital media impressions, um, CPMs, when you think about TV and GRPs, um, you know, even just those two, that's been a pretty fragmented space. And so I think that when we leaned into omni-channel and now that we're leaning into full funnel as well, the notion of having something that has the potential to be potentially unifying um, both across the ecosystem from a channel perspective, but then up and down the funnel as well is interesting. Um, you know, I think it's too early to say where that will go, but I, I think that there is something really interesting there. Um, and I think we all understand that the way that we measure this is different depending on the channel, certainly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the way you consume digital media is so different than the way you consume digital out of home or cinema. Um, sure. but, but again, the notion that we can unify around, um, you know, this, this notion of a measure um, is interesting um, and, and different. Um, in terms of where we've been. It's a maturity thing, I think, as markets become a little more blended. Yeah. I think that's been an interesting, maybe it's a narrative, but I think it's been the case where CTV is bleeding into online video a little bit more yeah. now. It's, we don't do a lot in the CTV space, so we do a lot of online video. Curious on your take of how those two are coming together and maybe how this changes. You know, CTV is time-bound in a way that... In certain aspects, the web is not time bound in the same manner. You can only put so yeah. many hours or minutes of commercials in an hour of TV programming. We can put a lot of ads on the internet. How are you seeing those two worlds collide a little bit? And I don't know, any crystal ball on what the future of that looks like? Um, so I think that the, the thing for us is how it is these things can properly supplement each other and how it is we can understand the incrementality that you can achieve. I mean, we all know that the way people consume media is not that they, you know, just sit in front of a TV screen. They are sitting in front of a TV screen, likely on their cell phone. Um, and, you know, then 10 minutes later going for a drive and seeing something, you know, outside. And, and so these things are, are, you're not living in silos. Um, and so for us, I think one of the other big conversations we're having as we broaden into Omnichannel and really kind of build out our CTV capabilities, is thinking about that incrementality piece and how these channels really work together and how it is we work with partners to help us understand ways to maximize that incrementality, but also how it is we understand cost efficiencies across channels as well. Um, so, you know, how it is we can understand the efficiency of an omni-channel buy versus a CTV solo buy or a digital only buy and, and, and you know, where the value 
in that is. Um, so those I think are the, are the two big pieces for us that we've, we've been focused on as we build out, you know, the capability. Guess here would be that the recommendation is a cross platform by where you start top of funnel and push people down with some higher attention, lower attention. Has that been the most effective I would imagine? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that what we're certainly seeing is, is the combination of, of CTV and OLV, and then a little bit of display mixing as well. It really does work. We are seeing that. The other thing I think is really interesting when we've done measurement on omni-channel campaigns, um, in particular, when we've done outcome measurement, really mostly in the upper funnel to date in terms of how we've been looking at omni-channel is the role different channels play in terms of how people move down the funnel. So we're seeing things like CTV is really good for awareness, but then if we want to push people into consideration, bringing OLV in starts to fill in that as well. And so when we look at kind of, you know, if there are a few different KPIs that we're trying to achieve, understanding how those different channels work together to achieve them has also been really interesting for us. I have to imagine it's been difficult to measure from the marketer's standpoint for a long time, putting your agency hat back on and the service you're providing and being able to show that more full funnel and cross medium has to be such a value to the buy side. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that, that we really want to be able to offer to clients. Um, we know that agency teams are managing, I know personally, <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis, are managing so much. And if there are ways for us to um, you know, introduce them to new measurement techniques, new measurement partners, provide new data sets that can then give them a baseline that they can bring back to their client to build into an innovation budget or a test and learn strategy, a learning agenda. Like that is something we are so excited to be able to do. Um, and so those are also conversations that we are um, you know, having with clients who are, what are the questions they're getting from, from, with agency clients in particular, but what are the questions they're getting from their advertisers? Um, and how it is we can help support their learning agendas. Um, and what are our unique capabilities, um, being omnichannel, being full funnel, that will help them to answer some of those questions. That's great. I wouldn't be doing my job here as a uh, tech podcast host if I didn't jump on the fact that you said the word AI earlier and I need to pull on that thread a little bit. What are, what are you guys doing in that space? Um, yeah, certainly. So we're doing um, you know, a lot. Um, I think there are a few things that are, are really interesting. You know, I mentioned when we were talking about TEADS and, and the kind of offerings that we have is one thing that is, you know, I like to say special about us at TEADS is um, that we do offer creative services as well. And we really do understand the intersection of media and creative. And we understand that for our formats, for, you know, our placements, that it's critical for um, advertisers to be able to take advantage of the best practices that we have. And you know, connecting it back to measurement, some of the relationships we have too, to be able to optimize and then test assets as well. Um, and so from an AI perspective, we are leaning in on the creative side and how it is we can help advertisers quickly create assets that maybe leverage something, you know, for example, from their website and how we can turn that into different formats. Um, very quickly leveraging AI, how we can, if you run a global campaign, translate those very quickly so you can actually distribute them globally and how we can then gain learnings in market leveraging AI in terms of what's performing to then optimize the creative as well. Um, I think the other bit is Teeds has leaned pretty heavily into Cookieless from the start. Um, and you know we're also leveraging AI to enable our, our ability to you know, create Cookieless segments in market. 
Um, so that's another key area for us. That's another area where, you know, we want clients to test and learn. Um, right now, you know, we like to say um, cookie isn't coming. It's here. If you actually look at the percent of yeah. media that is currently cookie <laughs> Um, and if you are only optimizing to cookie-based media in the digital ecosystem, then you are missing out on a whole lot of scale um, and potentially really half of it or more, like <laughs> yes. a gigantic chunk uh, of the entire thing. And some pretty important funny. demographics. If you think about like iOS in particular um, and how yeah. iOS, you know, skews. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that's another area where, you know, we have taken something that's really embedded into who we are and something that we've been investing in for a while. And leveraging AI to ensure that we are ingesting signals um, at a rate that allows for us to, you know, ingest obviously a wide swath of signals very quickly to then be able to deliver cookie segments um, that our, our clients can take advantage of for targeting. That's awesome. And very practical aspects of it. The creative piece specifically, you know, such a challenge for a long time. And I've got a good buddy that's at a big translation firm. And I imagine this is going to be a potential scare for them here where you'd have to send your assets or your decks even or whatever that is to a translation firm to get done. You're like, no, nah, I'll just plug it in chat GPT and it'll spit it right back out and probably decently too. So amazing world we're in right now. Um, this has been fantastic. I have to finish with the question that I ask everyone, which is what is a piece of advice the current version of yourself would give a younger version of yourself? Sure. Um, so I would tell a younger version of myself to focus less on what you're not and focus more on what you are. Um, I think myself as a young person, and I think hopefully some other young people, not hopefully, but maybe some other young people, yes. when you're early in your career or you're just early, you know, in your adulthood, you compare yourself to other people. And sometimes mm -hmm. you get really caught up in what other people are and what you aren't. And if you're able to flip that script and focus on what you are, number one, you're able to maximize your talent earlier. But in addition to that, you're also able to celebrate what other people are talented at versus focusing on the fact that yeah. maybe they're better than you at something or you know more you haven't achieved that skill level yet. So that's the thing that I would tell her to to think about. I absolutely love that. It's kind of like an imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. You know, you find yourself in a room, you're like, oh my God, I shouldn't be here for all these reasons. But in fact, there's a reason you're in that room. You got exactly. invited for XYZ reason. And like, you should be proud of the fact that you got yourself there. And it's because of what you are. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, once I like actually was like, no, like you are good at so many things. Yeah. Like, it was like a, just a different, like I was able to flourish in ways that like I hadn't imagined. <laughs> a freedom to the whole thing and it takes yeah. some road into the tires to get there and to trust yourself and let the little things go and not worry about being judged and all of those things yeah. and i think we still all have those moments where we slip back into it but oh, yeah. it is very very good advice and probably some that i need to take even myself at this point in my career at times, I, mean, I remind so. myself of it all the time <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> still a work yeah. in progress um but I mean, having that is helpful i love it Thank you so much for the sage advice here at the end and sharing a lot about what you're doing. It's been really interesting in an area that, frankly, I didn't know as much about. And it's great to hear all of the different things you guys are working on. Really impressive. And thanks for sharing a bit from agency and ad tech side, too. It's been fantastic. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you again to Neela for chatting with us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. 
If you have a spare moment, please check us out on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, or your listening platform of choice. Please leave us a review and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. For feedback or suggestions for guests, you can reach us at podcast at freestar.com. Special thanks to Matt Hanline for our music and to Caroline Romano for helping with editing, production, and making sure people know this podcast exists. Until next time.